What's going on, cabrona, cabronas? This is the Small Town Noise Podcast. I hope you enjoy. Small Town Noise, don't bother me. You're stuck behind the county line, and I'm free. All the things you say that don't cause me pain, I'm all out of range. But that small town noise, that small town noise stays the same. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Small Town Noise. I'm so sorry it's taking me so long to get another episode out. I know a lot of y'all have been waiting, asking, checking back, and I appreciate all that. I know we were, you know, kind of came out of the gate on fire, man. We were getting thousand, over a thousand downloads on each episode uh, after a day or two. Well, I put them out, and I appreciate that. Appreciate y'all listening, telling people about it, showing love, and... um of course, I wish I could have kept that going, but for the past couple of weeks, as most of y'all know, we had been dealing with my uh, grandmother, Mela Vargas. She was very sick. Well, she eventually did end up passing away, so we lost her. We've been dealing with that loss. It's been very hard for me and my family. We're a very tight-knit family, even though there's probably about 100 of us in the direct family. Like, I wouldn't say all first cousins, but when it comes to holidays and stuff, we have a hundred people in my grandmother's tiny ass house (laughs) and we wouldn't have it any other way. So it affected a lot of us. It was, uh, she was in the hospital for weeks and we were all trying to take turns going to see her being there for our other family members that needed it. And it was just a lot to go through and handle. So I obviously I wasn't worried about doing the podcast or keeping up with it. And to be honest, since we lost her, it's, it takes a toll on you spiritually, you know, mentally. Um, I haven't been motivated to do much. Haven't been in the gym lately. Haven't been even trying to record anything. Haven't done really anything besides just kind of hanging out at the house, you know. And uh, tragedies like this just make you think, sit back and think of what I really want to do with my life. What If I'm doing the right thing, being so far away from family, especially away from my son, my my other grandmother, my mom. You know, all these when things like this happen, it makes you think. So I've been doing a lot of self-reflection lately, and I appreciate y'all giving me that time to do so. Again, it wasn't about the views when I started this, so I'm not going to let it get to that there. So the people that do continue to listen and you hear this episode, I appreciate y'all sticking around. And if y'all did, send me condolences, or if y'all didn't get a chance to, or if you told some of my family, you know, I appreciate it. It's all... It was all welcomed and much needed. We needed it all. So thanks for all the prayers and condolences and love that you showed me and my family in our time of loss. But for now, you know, um, with the whole Kobe thing that happened a while back, then my wella, then I was watching American Pie Reunion, <laughs> which is funny to kind of tie all this together. But it's just them going back to their town and remembering all this shit they used to get into, the stuff that they remembered for in their hometown the good times that they had in high school and I just felt like that's what's been getting me and my cousins through all this is just being able to go back and remember all the good times we had with my wella and all the things that we've done in the past these trips we've made all the 
traditions we have at Thanksgiving, Christmas, and, you know, even though we're sad that she's gone and we can no longer make new memories, we have so many past memories that we can reflect on. And I think when you do that and you do it with a, you know, clear mind and a full heart and you really do picture yourself in those times again and it makes me smile anytime I think about stuff like that and I had those same feelings about Ozona um when I was growing up younger times times that I would say were better times you know I just back in the day when it was like the golden years (laughs) you know I'm only 27 so I understand I'm probably gonna have a lot more of that as I grow and get older especially with my son hitting new accomplishments and getting older and you know, becoming a young man, I'm sure it's going to be all, all the same. But right now what I'm talking about is just when I was a kid enjoying growing up in Ozona. And, you know, I think that's what this episode is going to be about. It's going to be about reminiscing about better times, stuff I miss in Ozona, stuff y'all missed. I hope to get some feedback on, like, stores y'all missed because we're going to cover that, you know, BJ's, Buckner's, all that stuff. But also for my people that are not from Ozona, I just hope y'all have, I know, I don't hope, I know y'all have memories in y'all's town, y'all's public pool, y'all's little gathering points in high school, where y'all used to go drink, road tripping, whatever it was. I know somebody has it and y'all have something, whether it's band trips, sports trips, you know, UIL events, just growing up with your friends, growing up with your cousins in the same volume and stuff. Like I know everybody has that somewhere in the back of their head. And I think this is a good time of any to kind of reflect on all that. So if y'all are still here hanging in with me, we're going to go ahead and take a trip down memory lane. So I think we should go ahead and get that going. The first thing I'm going to need from all my listeners, unless you are driving to work, which is going to be the majority of y'all, I'm going to close my eyes. The room is silent. I'm closing my eyes. So if you got time, if you're able to, without trying to kill yourselves, close your eyes, deep breath, and let's try to remember a time. So if you're from Ozona, maybe you were there around this time, whether you were participating in the softball games, maybe you were a lifeguard at the swimming pool, maybe you were one of my friends and we were playing baseball behind the softball field. So, okay, so real quick. Open your fucking eyes again. My bad. Let me give you a starting point. I was with my son Nolan and his friend Chapo. We were playing at the new park is what they call it, right, in Ozona. Well, back in the day, that whole park used to not be there. That pool wasn't there. It was an old softball field. And the pool, well, the the Mexican pool, the South Pool is what we call it, South Pool. (laughs) It was right across the street. And then we had a store called Shots and Buckner's. And a snow cone place further down the road called Simply Snow Cone. Everybody loves that place. Casey's Snow Cone. But all right. Anyway, back to it. Eyes fucking closed. All right. Eyes closed. Midsummer. Big softball tournament going on. The cars are packed around that area. You know, you just got back from swimming at the South Pool with your friends. You're on your bikes. Maybe you go grab some flower seeds and some Gatorade from Shots. Then go to the back of where the softball fields were, like the out, past the outfield after the gate, and have our own little game of baseball, football, whatever it was. And then after that, hop on our little ass bikes, go grab some money from our 
you know, moms, dads, their homies that are playing softball, and then head down the street to go get Casey's snow cone. Now, I would always get, like, uh, cherry lime sour is what I would get. So it's just like a cherry limeade with some limes, except they have some salt and lemon lime squeezed on it. My mouth's watering as we speak. <laughs> I used to also get tiger blood, which I feel like every every Mexican snow cone place has that. They're like, oh, yeah, tiger's blood. I don't know what that's about. Maybe it, that falls back to the whole tiger blanket thing. That's a other, another Mexican tradition that I feel just like everybody has a old fuzzy tiger blanket or lion blanket, you know. <laughs> if you don't have one, then you're not as Mexican as you think. But yeah, Tiger's Blood was bomb. Let's see. Uh, what else did I order? Coconut with cream. Oh, that shit was so fire. That's like having an ocean water from Sonic, except just melting your mouth with some crema. Shit was bomb. It was worth the extra 25 cents, no doubt. But yeah, man, those that in my in my mind, every time I think of the perfect time in Ozona history, I think of those moments. I think of you know, the Wildcats, which are like one of the best softball teams to ever do it. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. The high school guys like my Uncle Bubba. Well, Bubba didn't play on it, I don't think. But Mikey and all those guys, Joel, all those dudes played on the Trojans, which, yes, I think it was a play on the Trojan condom. They are being funny. Um, They had the co-ed teams. Uh, I remember it was like the... Hooters and Peckers, <laughs> great name. That's Big Alex, Alex uh, Borrego, Big Hano's team and all them. They just had a picture of, like, the Hooters out with the woodpecker. Obviously, I know where that's going. But, yeah, man, I'm trying to think of some other team's names, but I just couldn't think. I mean, they had the Knights of Columbus, which are all the older guys, which I fucked with them. You know, Rudy. I think uh, Rudy's the only guy to have a underhand soft pitch curveball. That motherfucker's a legend, bro. He used, to, he used to get it, man. He had something that nobody else could hit. That's for damn sure. I don't know what it was, but there's some tricky shit going on with that. That garbage ball he would throw. Yeah, man, but those, that softball field was something else at that time, man. It was so crazy. And, like, now that I'm older, I think about it, and I'm like, how fucking sketchy was that? Like, our parents would just let us cruise up and down i-10 right there and just like people getting off at that shots to put gas probably some sketchy mofos from cali or something they gave no ass they were drinking and partying right there next to the softball field they give us some cash we would just roam around like that was our free time like you knew for a fact that your parents your dad your uncles were going to be at the softball field at six in the morning taking bp or something and then there were not leaving that field until three or four in the morning, just hanging out, partying. The cops would let them hang out there, party, never no problems. I mean, unless there was a fight or something. But other than that, they really just let them do whatever the fuck they wanted to do. And I think that was tight as shit, man. You could just hang out there all day with your friends, man. Be drenched in sweat, but still going, still playing baseball, softball, tag, whatever the hell, man. It was tight. And once the field's clear, they would leave the lights on for a little bit so we could go on the field and play actual softball. Like, we'd play, like, the actual bases and all that instead of having to have a tree, a third base. Your little brother was home play, and somebody's baseball hat was, like, second base or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) 
But it was tight, man. It was a great time. And I loved it. I think if I could, like, find a time machine, I could make a wish and go back in time, it would definitely, definitely, definitely be that specific time in Ozona history. I think another another time I really enjoyed was when I first got to high school, my freshman year, sophomore year. Oh, uh, dude, nothing could. I was on top of the world. Nobody could fuck with me. I was like, I finally made it. I'm in high school. Get off me. We got open campus. I used to be able to. So open campus, if you don't know, which I'm sure everybody knows, you can go in. You can go off campus to eat. You don't have to go to the cafeteria, which I think if. The only reason they did that is because they could literally not fit everybody in our high school in our little-ass cafeteria. Even though I had, like, a senior class of, I think we graduated 40 people. But, like, that was one of the bigger classes at that time. I know back in the day they used to have close to 100 and stuff. But, yeah, we were tiny by then. Still couldn't fit anybody in that damn cafeteria. But, yeah, man, open campus was fucking tight. We could walk to Poco Taco, which is Probably one of the most iconic Ozona, Texas restaurants you could go to. Number 10 with everything and a four with cheese is my go-to. I know everybody has their special order. Some people order the hot dogs. I think my mom orders a hot dog and the taco gringo, which is pretty much like a sloppy joe. <laughs> but, yeah, mine's two number 10s with everything and a number four with cheese and some uh, and it has to be a Dr. Pepper from Poco because their ice is off the fucking chain, dude. I think they can make money just selling their ice. I don't know. It's like the chips. I don't I don't even know how to like describe it. But but if you've had it, you know. And it's just like amazing, man. I've had people from Midland, uh, Odessa, you know, California. I have friends that pass through Arizona. I'm like, oh, dude, stop at Poco Taco. And they stop and they're like, dude. This is like the real deal. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking telling you, bro. I'm not lying. I know people hype up their restaurants in their hometown, but this is real. This is the fucking the shit, bro. And they're like, what do you? And I give them, I give them my order. I'm like, dude, order this. But if you find something else you think you'd like, chances are it's gonna be good. I haven't heard too many people that don't like Poco Taco. They at least like one or two things. When my uncle comes down from Midland, him and his family, my uncle Adrian. His family, they literally order like 30 burritos and they take it back home and freeze them and they'll eat them until, I mean, they're all gone, but I'm sure it doesn't last them very long. The only thing I guess I could fix about Poco Taco is that they realize that I'm a fat ass and I use like six to seven hot sauces on like two or three burritos. And I'm sorry. I can't do a hot sauce burrito. It's not just, it just doesn't fucking work. If any, if anybody out there can do one hot sauce to one burrito or more, I'm very impressed because there's no way I could even get close to that. I think I use my whole salsa container by like a third of the burrito, maybe not even half. And it's, my sauce is already gone. So I need like two to three sauces per burrito. That's my, that's the best I could do. But before, I was always addicted to Poco Taco when I was growing up there, and we'd have open campus. Right where you walk through, like you walk out the main building on the side of the doors where the same side of the band hall and all that, there's a little gated area now, but it used to be open. And you used to be able to walk between the funeral home and Hero's Pizza. Hero's Pizza. Now that place was the fucking bomb. That was like Ozona's blockbuster 
or whatever came before Blockbuster. This is like OG stuff, man. I would go there and rent my video games. I could go rent some video games. I can go get some good movies. Uh, pizza. The pizza was bomb. The people there were bomb. We had like Penny Weddle and then working there. Lucille is what I call her. Fucking Jay's grandma used to work there. Man, there used to be hella people that worked there that were dope, man. They were fucking funny. On Halloween, Digger and all them, Glosson, Brandy Glosson's mom, they would all go doughing while we would go rapping. They just get a bunch of fucking dough from Heroes Pizza and go around on the back of the truck hitting the kids with it. <laughs> like, what the hell is that? Not only is that some of the whitest shit I've ever had to deal with in my life, but I was, like, so confused the first time I got hit with it. I was like, what the hell is this? They're throwing fucking flour at us, bro. What the hell? That's a hate crime in some places, you know? <laughs> that shit was so funny, though. Yeah, man, but Heroes had it all. I would go rent all kind of video games. I would uh, think that's, like, where I rented the first Batman movie. Uh, what other movies did I used to rent there? Like the Power Rangers, like the episodes and stuff. They had that, so that shit was fire. It was it was a good spot, man, but they had, like, good deals for the high school kids to eat. Like, three slices of pizza and a large drink for, like, $2.50 or so, some, something stupid like that. It used to be really cheap, to be honest. If I had, like, if I was talking to a girl then, or I was, you know, kind of, like, trying to get at somebody, I'd be like, oh, yo, let's go, honey. I got you for lunch, girl. Don't even worry about it. Don't even trip. My mom gave me seven fifty this morning. I can get you three or four slices right now. Or we can go to Poco and we can split this burrito. Because rest in peace to Tola. I love her. She blessed all of us with a great restaurant. She treated everybody like her own. But I'm going to be honest, man. She would switch the prices up on me every day. <laughs> I think I ordered the same thing, two tins and a four with cheese for three to four years. No, yeah, like, for sure, four years in a row, like, because all through high school, I did nothing but eat at Poco. I think she probably gave me 13 different prices. One day, it'd be seven fifty, Next day, it'd be 8 One day, it'd be, like, six thirty-five. I'm like, damn, it's just, like, the prices just changed like that, or she wouldn't remember. I'd be like, I don't understand, though, and she'd be like, give me the money, boy. Or what, I, now, that sounded like I was trying to be a gangster, like, a rapper. Let me see if I can do a better tall voice. She'd be like, give me money. Give me the money, boy. No, <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Y'all know what she sounds like, though. I'm fucking it up. <laughs> give me money, boy. And get out. Nah, but <laughs> she was she was cool. She would yell at us, shut the door. You know, I'd be like, shut the door. What the hell? Y'all are pissing tall off. She's trying to take my order. Shut the fucking door, dude. We got problems. But yeah, man, it was, it was funny. It's like something you just grow up experiencing also like because like uh, many people in Arizona thought I spoke broken English kind of she was really good but like she would get her words misplaced sometimes well one time she had a sign and they had pretty much like a calzone type thing a, a pepperoni burrito is what they called it and it would be like you know this is good try it well it says pepperoni burrito good try <laughs> and I'd be like what good try like the fuck but it was funny man just inside jokes and stuff i used to go in there with uh dylan castillo uh some of y'all probably know him he moved to sonora boo right yeah yeah uh shiva and leonard his parents uh we used to go to the other there used to be two poco tacos 
for some of y'all that don't know that there's another poco taco over there by the grocery store and um we used to we used to roll in there because dylan lived like not too far from there and she'd be like oh mijo whatever like of course two tens for you and here don't worry about the drink she'd hook me up right and well dylan's half and half so she probably thought he was some white boy because the way he looked She's like, what do you want? What do you want, boy? <laughs> fucking just scream at him. <laughs> He's like, what the hell? And then Brett, his Castillo's little brother would be with us. He's dark as hell. So he'd be, she'd be like, oh, mijo, and you, what do you think? What do you want? What do you want? Like, she'd be mean as hell to Dylan, bro. So fucking funny. Oh, it was so hilarious. That's awesome that I remember that just right now. But yeah, y'all know the Tola voice I'm trying to make. Again, rest in peace to Tola. She was a sweet lady. Much respect. To Brian for coming back to Arizona and keeping that open and keeping that legacy going. We love it. Everyone's, I'm sure, ecstatic about still having Poco Taco, and they couldn't even imagine a day where we wouldn't be able to have our number 10s and number 4s, man. So shout out to them. And even though your mom has passed, legends never die, bro. That's so true in Arizona. There's so many legends throughout Arizona that people talk about to this day and will continue to talk about. And Hopefully I make a positive impact enough to where I'm spoken about, my family spoken about long after I'm gone in a positive manner. That'd be awesome. But speaking of legends, I was just thinking like, you know, I saw the ice cream truck. The Well, okay, not an ice cream truck like one that you'd picture, like a ghetto-ass ice cream truck, like a paleta truck type deal <laughs> here in Austin. And that shit just made me think about, damn, we, they, that thing used to roll through. The only thing that made me more excited than the paleta man that used to walk around at the softball fields or the ice cream truck rolling through was the swans, man, bro. We used to get fucking swans like all the time. The pizza there was bomb as fuck, bro. But those ice creams, those sketchy ones that had like all the superheroes from back in the day and they would have like, uh, what, like the Tweety Bird, but it looked all fucked up, his eyes all messed up or it's like by his mouth i was laughing i was like damn that ain't tweety bird that's fucking tweaky bird baby <laughs> motherfucker's been in the body was hanging out melted face and shit it was hilarious but i used to get those uh the lucas like all the little like sour ones it would come with like a packet of lucas you can put on there or something my, my mouth's watering again bro i want something like that right now and then they had like the bomb pops the classic the astro pops Oh, shit, now that I'm thinking about it, that's uh, some Travis Scott shit right there. Maybe he's Travis Scott just because, and he's got the Astro World, but all they do is serve Astro Pops. That'd be dope. But, yeah, man, those ice cream guys are fucking legends. The Paleta man from Big Lake, he would always come and fucking just walk around. Paleta, selling that shit and all that. You know, years passed by after that. And I was a senior in high school. We got a new coach named Coach Elgea. Sorry, I'm going off track here. But anyway, Coach Elgea, right? He's from like San Antonio or something. I don't know. Old white dude. And he had his daughter. And she was in our grade too. I think her name was like Janice. Something like that. And uh, one day we were talking about like, oh, yeah. And she was like, oh, actually, my family's from Big Lake. And I was like, oh, shit, no way. Like, that's dope. She's like. Yeah, my uncle used to be the paleta guy here. And I was like, mind fucking blown. I was like, you're fucking lying to me. <laughs> so she had like pictures and shit. That's legit her uncle, bro. Coach Ogea was fucking hiding his secrets, his Ozona ties, bro. He was 
literally that was his brother man the one that would walk around selling paletas and that just blew my fucking mind because all those years later some random coach from san antonio shows up and of course of course they have some kind of connection to ozona which is like everybody i feel like if i went to new york and i was just talking to someone random they'd be like where are you from ozona no shit and i'd be like oh here we go who who do you know what bad shit did you do there? How are you tied up there? You got pulled over. Like, I, what happened? How the hell do you know Ozona? Because everyone does. I swear, it, it never fails. Like, someone's always been to or know someone from Ozona. And, I mean, that's super cool and shit, but, God, I'm, getting, I'm like, man, people know more about my hometown than me sometimes. Like, I was in Midland, and there was a cop. And we were just talking to him at Hooters. He's a cop at the Hooters. We used to go there all the fucking time in Odessa. And we went. We were talking. He was like, yeah, where y'all from? Like, man, from Ozona. He's like, no way, man. I used to, he went to school in Ozona. He like, I think he said he graduated. But back in the day, back when the Heritage Building was like the top floor where the art, or well, my art class and all that was, that used to be the library up there. I think it was like back when it was still segregated and stuff. Like, he, he was... He's an older dude. He was telling a story. I was like, bro, there's no way. And he remembered everything like perfectly. So I was like, oh, this guy's legit, man. But what are the chances, right? Some old, old ass cop at Hooters comes up, talks to us, whatever. And then, yeah, he ended up graduating from Ozona too. That shit's crazy. And I know there could be so, 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 so much more we can cover with Ozona memories and stuff. But just want to keep this the normal episode length. I've already gone over about five minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and cut it short, guys. But this is just to open it up. If y'all get some feedback to me about stuff y'all remember, some of y'all's happier times in Ozona. I can't think of the, the movie stores. We used to, like, I mean, Heroes, you could rent movies, but there was like two other ones that were real sketchy that are like where the Threatos are now. And I cannot fucking remember what they are called. And then there, there was one that used to be next to where me taco is don't remember what that's called the ice house where they used to sell beer and stuff and uh liquor it was a drive-thru that shit was badass the the when you would exit the cop they always had the cop lights and sirens go off <laughs> think you're getting pulled over and shit uh but i can't think i can't think of those movie places what they were called man i know it wasn't like blockbuster nothing serious like that or whatever but if y'all know uh let us know in my comments on Facebook, on Twitter, follow me. Um, probably not gonna make a Snapchat for it, but if you have me on Snapchat, you can uh, just follow me. I uh, always put some episode stuff on there. Post when I'm uh, gonna post new episodes. I'll keep y'all updated the best I can. But you know, I started off this episode talking about my grandmother and how I've missed her so much, and how I think I'm—I mean, not think—I'm super proud of my family for coming together the way we all did, and. We're there for each other the best we could be and still now and us taking care of grandpa to keep him around as long as we can, even though I know he's heartbroken like we all are. Um, him and my grandma were married for over 70 years, man. And that's crazy. I don't I can't even imagine being alive 70 years, much less committing 70 years of my life to somebody else. And he loved Marwella with all his heart. And it hurt me just to look at him and see how heartbroken he was because you know, I think I've been heartbroken from girls in the past for just a couple of months or years, and I thought I didn't know how I was going to go on, but 
a man that was in love and gave his heart for 70 years. That hurts. You know, it hurts a lot more. And we just want to show him that we love him and that we are going to, you know, try to fill that void in his heart. And I know nobody can and not even a hundred of us with him every day, showing him all the love in the world could replace that. But we want to do the best we can for that. So in ending, I want to go ahead and read this beautiful eulogy my family came up with, my Aunt Terry. Uh, my cousin Kelsey read it beautifully at the ceremony, at the funeral and at the church. And I'm not going to do as good of a job as she was. I'm going to hopefully keep it together. So sorry if I lose, lose it a little bit, but here we go. As we gather here today, we celebrate the life of a remarkable woman, Manuela Badillo Vargas. She was born on June 17, 1927 in Fort McCavitt to Tierzo and Maria Badillo. After giving birth, her mother unfortunately passed away, a heartache she never really overcame. She was raised by her brother and sister-in-law in Sonora, Texas, along with her nieces and nephews. Manuela spent many years working for Harvard Cooper's family in Sonora, who adored her and treated her as their own. It was in Sonora that she met her husband, Pancho, of 70 years. They got married on January 29, 1950. Out of this marriage came seven children. In addition to raising her seven children, she also raised three of her grandchildren. Family grew through the years and continues to grow to this day. Today, she has 20 grandchildren, 39 great-grandchildren, and seven great-great-grandchildren, four generations in some families and five generations in others. Though there were many, she tried her best to remember everyone's birthdays or anniversaries, and every Christmas she made sure the little grandkids had her gifts. Every family had a special relationship with her. She never missed a family gathering, the majority of which were held in her small home. In addition to holidays, we found every reason to get together and always made the best memories. Although we were crowded in her cozy house, we wouldn't have it any other way. Manuela was the strongest 92-year-old around. She fought and beat ovarian cancer, a giant aneurysm, and a major surgery last March. She was the true definition of unconditional love. Never judged anyone and made everyone feel welcomed. She was so proud of her family and the closeness they shared. All 98 members, including spouses, her one wish was that her family would always remain close, a wish we intend to honor. She was loved by many in the community and left us all with many cherished memories. As bad as it hurts and as much as we will miss her every single day, that we know how happy you are to be re reunited with your mother and father. Rest in peace and rest in your beautiful paradise. This is not a goodbye, but until we see each other again. We will forever and always love you and be grateful for all that you did for us. The memories you left us will live in our hearts forever. We love you, beloved wife, mother, grandmother, and now our guardian angel. That was beautifully written. Like I said, my cousin Kelsey killed it and kept it together for us and read that. And I just want to let y'all know that I miss her very much. I love her a lot. My whole family did. And I appreciate everything that everyone brought food to my grandma's house throughout that, kept us fed, kept us worried about, you know, our inner relationship type stuff, stuff we had to deal with, people breaking down, people 
financially getting stuff together. We had a lot of stuff to worry about and the community of, of Ozona really came together and took care of us when we needed it. And that's one thing that no matter how bad Ozona gets, how many bad decisions some people make and get lost in the sauce there, um, nobody could ever tell me that Ozona is truly at the heart of the heart of the town, a bad place. People have been there for each other's families for years. People will continue to be there for each other. And when it all is said and done, Ozona can really pull together and come together to be what I think the great, like the potential it has to be as a town as a whole. It's a very loving town. The roots run deep. People's families run deep with each other. And I love everyone for that. And I thank all of you in the community of Ozona for treating me and my family the way y'all did. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and close this episode out. I love y'all. I'm back, baby. We're back. So I'm going to start dropping episodes after this one as fast and quick as I can. Hopefully I can get one or two a week. Like I said, I lost my motivation after all this. I was like mentally worn out, but I'm coming back. I'm making a comeback. I'm doing it. I'm keeping my grind going for her. So we're going to get this shit going, man. And I hope y'all stick along for the ride. Love y'all. Cherish y'all's loved ones. Hold them tight while they're still here. Rest in peace to Mela Vargas. I love you. I miss you forever and always. And you're always in my heart. Y'all have a blessed day. Some small town.